welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 72. Um, sorry for missing last week. Basically, Chase wasn't going to be able to attend, and then uh, Hunter and I both just kind of felt lazy about it. So, here we are. Um, yeah, just, yeah. uh, you guys are pretty useless, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I would say mostly Cass on this, because I ended up getting home, um, mm-hmm. On one of the nights where we were like, oh, yeah, you guys could record that night. Um, and Hunter was just in chat waiting for Cass to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. And Cass never showed up. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was feeling lethargic and tired and didn't want to. So, yeah. 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 It's just the, the prospect of not seeing me on the screen was really like, you're like, I don't even, <laughs> yeah. I can't even bring myself to log onto the computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. I have a hard time booting up my PC if I know you're. I'm not going to see you, uh, Chase. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that's a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Man. All right. Well, at any rate, um, I have a dead of night kicking around. Oh Very no! Nice. It's back oh. on the menu. Oh no! That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right after. Let's uh, go. Right after you're out here, and I, yeah. Like, luckily, you were able to drink one while you were here, but. Yeah, I am um, extremely jealous at the moment. Yeah, Cass asked me to pick him up some beers the other day. Um, this is not one of those beers, but mm-hmm. uh, I went to the liquor store and they were stocked full of Dead of Night, and I was like, "Yes!" So I did oh, buy them that man. night, but they were obviously gone. Yeah, that night. Mm-hmm. Ergo, I went to the liquor store today, and they had a couple in single cans, and I'm like, hey, "Yeah, I'm getting one." Yeah, very good. I'm sure mm-hmm. we've talked at length about it before. Oh, also, um, while I was at the liquor store, I found that uh, White Claw is now making vodka. Really, just straight vodka? Mm. Yeah. Well, it kind of it like it kind of looks like it's like almost like a Ciroc bottle, and they're like mm. the new wave in vodka, White Claw vodka. Is it flavored? Presumably, yes. So you got like a Burnett's over here of White Claw. Kinda. It was like 30%, though, so it's not like, I don't know what Burnett's is. Burnett's Fuck, 40? I don't know. Burnett's dog shit. Burnett's is dog shit. There's no yeah. argument there. God, high school. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, they don't even about? have Burnett's here. They don't even have Svedka here in Canada. Really? Wait, you drank in, you drank in high school, Chase? No. Oh, Chase, I meant the okay, other. Chase kid. was severely <laughs> yeah. slow to develop mentally, so he actually started high school at age twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, so I forgot about that. You know, it's yes, yes. Part of, part of so the... there's no need to deny this, Chase. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was just like slow, like you were saying. I forgot yeah, yeah. about that part of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you guys have? Well, who doesn't love a nude peach? <laughs> man that's just what i was thinking um so i got myself two of them actually uh that would be mm. uh nude vodka soda peach flavored i don't know what you were thinking in your mind but um yeah it's just classic canned vodka soda peach flavor pretty good pretty mediocre all at the same time yeah they're just kind of meh i find I mean, they're good. It's like easy drinking and like yeah. a nice thing to have in the fridge. It's refreshing, but it's like I'm drinking like a slightly flavored carbonated water. Yeah, 
I feel like peach is a good flavor for that kind of thing, though. It's like it's you're never gonna have a bad one. Yeah, Hunter, do you know about the the thing Notch? We talked about notches before, like a little game yeah. that we used yeah, to absolutely. play a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like if you say a definitive statement and someone calls Notch on you, yeah, then yeah. you have to do it, or you yeah, yeah, are forced yeah. to shave a notch in your eyebrow. That was yeah. just for the listeners. If it's but, more than three, the whole eyebrow gets shaved, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that's like a house rule. But yeah, yeah. Um, if you have three notches at one point in time, I mean, like clearly. You're not yeah, learning. You're talking some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole point of the game is not to talk shit or you're going to get called out on. Um, anyway, at one point, I was drinking uh, Peach Growers, which is like a cider for the first time, and it was so good. I was like, I'm only ever going to buy Peach Growers. And I obviously got immediately notched on that. Um, yeah. Which I have not taken the notch yet for, but I did eventually, years later, buy um non-peach growers but i kept it for multiple years of only ever buying peach growers That's if i funny. were to buy peach grow or like any kind of growers mm-hmm. well yeah peach is a good flavor yeah kobo is you a notch though yeah yeah i just haven't seen kobo in like three years so yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah well you got hunter yeah i am extremely excited about my beer this was actually uh buddy bought this when i went over to his place and let, let me take home a couple this is the Victory Motel Paloma. Um, Victory is being the same brewery that makes uh, Sour Monkey Chase that you got to try okay. when I came out there. Yeah. Um, and this is like a special series, a season pass series. So it's like uh, their, I guess, mm. experimental thing. The battle pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I paid for the season pass for the beer. No, this, this beer is really, really cool because... It doesn't sound necessarily all that different than the kind of beer I normally drink. It says, This cocktail-inspired summer ale is equal parts juicy and refreshing. With notes of bright grapefruit, blood orange, and tangy lime, it's the perfect summertime refresher to help you make a splash. Motel Paloma, for your extended stay. Now, what's so special about it is the juicy flavors are just so strong. Like, when I took a, a sip of it at first... It, it was kind of confusing what was happening on my taste buds because I almost felt like I was drinking a sour rather than like an ale. Like it's like there's, you know, you know, it, it's like, it's like when you have fresh juice in a cocktail, it's the grapefruit and the, the citrus is just that like strong and that refreshing. Like this beer, the grapefruit and lime is just amazing. And it goes very well with whatever hops they used. Like this is an awesome beer. It sounds very really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, drinking out of the bottle too. Absolutely. Yeah, nice that it's bottled. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of miss the miss the days of bottled beer. Yeah. Now you only get Coronas, and they still have those in cans that are cheaper than the bottles. So, like, why would you buy mm-hmm. the bottles? So yeah, I mean, this like... is the this is just a great contender for best summer beer for me. Well, we'll see. And mm-hmm. and the bottle aesthetic goes with that as well. Like you guys are saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the. Yeah, all the beers that I want just come in tall boy cans. Like, yeah, yeah, no one's going to bottle them. Yeah, I know. But like, Wasn't bot- isn't bottling cheaper than canning? If you pre-own all the stuff. How how and... could it be cheaper than canning? That that's confusing. You don't you don't need a canner. 
but you need a bottler, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the yeah, thing. Is like I think you, you can individually, like you can individually fill bottles much easier than you can cans. Like you need a Probably. machine for cans. Oh, so I guess, you, like, can, you can manually super yeah, small see, like microbrew yeah. bottle. Um, it's like when when we made our beer, we used bottles. So you don't need a canner. Yeah, but like you need to ideally own the stuff to bottle with and then you would need to not be making any sort of volume that would that would make it then more cost effective to use a canner yeah i think it's just the cost of like buying the canner like the actual machine well i'm quite Um, sure that victory being a very large brewery for mm -hmm. being a craft probably has has plenty of money to have a canner yeah yeah well, they do make cans. That's right. the cans you brought over here. But, like, yeah, yeah it'd be... I don't know, it'd be nice to get some beers and bottles. Yeah, that's why you need to like uh, Budweiser more. You get some Budweiser bottles. Does Budweiser make bottles? Of course. Hmm. What, was, what was that, I, don't know if I, <laughs> I, I just, like, I can't think if I've ever seen Budweiser in a bottle before. That is, like, how I would huh? picture Budweiser. Yeah, what? like like actual Budweiser, not Bud Light, but like no, no, you know, the Bud red. Light. I mean, Bud, Bud, Bud Light is in bottles before. too. Yeah, yeah, but I've seen Bud Light in bottles. I don't know if I've ever seen a Budweiser in a bottle. Have you seen a Budweiser in a can? I can't even yes. picture that, dude. What? Yeah, that's how you get Budweiser. That's how no, you get in a can. Yeah, in a can. Yeah. This is how Budweiser comes. You go to the store, you buy a thirty pack of Bud, and what it's about in like this? a red and white. No, 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 no. If you're bu- if you're buying like a big quantity of you know a Bud product, you're getting Bud Light cans. Like Budweiser, well, you get in bottles. Bud Light. No, no, Bud Bud comes in in cans here, and I think everywhere. But you know, it's a crazy crazy marketing scheme to uh to make them in both. I, I don't think I have ever <laughs> seen a Budweiser like can ever. Yeah, that's probably all I've ever drank Budweiser out of is the can. But, like, when yeah. I picture Budweiser in my mind, it's in a bottle just because it's so classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, back when I used to work at the uh, the bar it's, uh, and was a bar back, it was always kind of uh, fun, uh, especially if it wasn't too busy. I was just doing it at the beginning of a shift, restocking the uh, the beer cooler because you would, like, lay in all the bottles, like, yeah, you know, go in different directions so that you could get make the most of the space. It, it was just fun to do, to just stack them in that, <laughs> that cool place. And, yeah, we, we had... Look at all this beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we had we had bottles for for everything, right? I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, all, it was all bottles and then, obviously, stuff on draft. And, and then, for, for, like, the main beers, like, you know, Bud, Bud Light... But then we had obviously our craft stuff, which was mostly in cans. I can All see right. bars stocking more bottles than liquor stores do, because like maybe when That's you're buying for yeah. home, you you just want the convenience of cans. Yeah, for the fridge. bar, it's more. But aesthetic. like at a bar, it's definitely more aesthetic to like sell your beer in bottles. I guess that's part of I it. I mean, I don't. It, maybe it's different down south, but in Maryland, like if you go to a party, people are almost definitely not drinking Budweiser. <laughs> Like, maybe if you go out to the bar, you get a bottle, but, you know, it'd be Bud Light, White Claw. Like, you know, just full-on Bud is not really that popular. Bud really, is so much better than Bud Light. It's, like, actually yeah. a decent beer. I really Bud like... Bud was, like, the go-to. 
I really do like Bud. No, Cooler's Cooler's Light was my go-to. Interesting. Twenty-one-year-old. Oh, you also, yeah, you yeah, also, as a twenty-one-year-old yeah, in high school. Twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, like Bud was just like the go-to, and then like Pippers. Yeah. Bud and Pippers, and you get them in thirty racks, and then mm-hmm. Yingling. We had a bunch of Yingling. I am not a big Yingling. Yingling. I'm fan. not a big fan of Yingling either. Never had a Yingling. I have no idea what that is. It's an American lager. It's, you know, it's what you what you expect it to be is what it is. I don't expect it to be anything. I've never even heard the name before. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, as soon as you, uh, as soon as you took a step, you'd be like, "Yeah, this seems like a Yangling," even though you don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> if you uh, people. if you asked me in high school, the only beer that was beer was Coors Light. You'd be like, "Oh, what's a beer?" You'd be like, "That's ah, a Coors Light." <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. speaking of beer, I'm drinking mine way too fast, and we haven't gotten into Valorant, so maybe we should. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, okay, starting this off with a bit of a bit of a fun topic here um, that's not actually super relevant. Um, there's this guy on Reddit who ranked all the Valorant agents' aim as accurately as possible to the lore. What? What? I am very confused. What a useless t- waste of your time. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just gonna go over. Uh, we're just gonna go over some agent rankings based on their aim uh, from the huh? cinematics provided, <laughs> and oh, from cinematics. Oh, from cinematics. That's pretty good. From, yeah. from, from cinematics and just like the lore of what they did prior to joining Valorant Protocol. Okay, that's the okay, part I find okay. less interesting. But like, I think the cinematics is actually quite funny to be like. <laughs> okay. see, clearly, bullets six through eight missed here in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the S tier. All right, we've got Chamber, Sova, and Kea. Chamber should be fairly self-explanatory. Yeah, he's a weapons maker. Yeah, uh, and was a PMC marksman prior to joining the Valorant stuff. Um, yeah, and then uh, he also has a voice on that says, I'm a good shot. <laughs> he self-reports does, having good aim. Yeah, does that mean that he has good good aim, or is that uh, projecting? <laughs> okay. Um. Either way, I, I don't think there's much, and also all his weapons are precision weapons. So clearly, chambers chambers at the top of the tier list here. No, uh, so as an up, archer. Yeah, followed up by Sova, um, whose moniker, according to the agent dossiers, is the man who never misses a shot. Where was was this dossier? Ah, it's probably hidden somewhere, but like you could find it if you wanted. I don't, I don't know. Oh, it's probably, probably the, the dossiers that were on Fracture. Yeah, this is probably oh, in the lead up be. to Fade, I would guess, because that's when we got a lot of information about each of the agents. Yeah, it was like she. Well, was do you remember like on research. on Fracture all those little like dossiers were left around the map and you could read them yeah there were like four of them are there are they not still there maybe they are i don't know well i mean i, I think they just one. i think they just change what's in the location on fraction mm. um those were those were super cool when they first came out yeah i like that yeah. that's like a little easter egg um and then he's saying they you know he also has a mechanical eye which probably helps a bit. yeah someone else is um, a pretty good shot too i guess yeah and then there's uh there's Ko, uh, who's you know designed specifically to kill Radiance, and has killed several notable members of the Valorant Protocol in an alternate timeline. So presumably he's pretty good at shooting stuff. Okay, 
Okay, next, we got the A tier, Expert. Got Brimstone, Harbor, and Neon. These were all placed in here because uh, they were the only three agents that have undergone military training. Neon's uh, undergone military training? Yeah. Uh, Brimstone and Neon worked for Kingdom, with Neon specifically working for KSAC. I forgot about that, and slash maybe didn't Harbor, know. Harbor had worked for Realm, which is apparently a multinational task force. And then also during the Shattered Cinematic, Neon specifically exhibited expertise, uh, being able to one-tap enemies on the head with a frenzy. I was, I was thinking about that when you <laughs> mentioned the... Uh... Yeah, and then also, so where, committing... did, where does the hot sage cinematic come in? <laughs> uh, That's a little... got... uh, that was oh. just slightly later. Yeah. Also worth noting, uh, Neon blatantly violated the Geneva Convention in that cinematic by pretending to surrender <laughs> yeah. and then using that as a means to kill people. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, and then we've also got in the A tier, Reina, Fade, and Cipher. Um. And the, the guy said, this trio is a bit more straightforward to understand. They all have a history of criminal activity. Uh, Reina exhibited a good shot. Well, Reina exhibited her aim during the warm-up cinematic. Um, he lists Fade as a bounty hunter, so presumably has a good shot. And then Cypher is an intelligence operative uh, with several of his voice lines hinting at his history as a killer. Hmm. Ergo, presumably they all have pretty good aim. Okay, and then B tier is by far the most crowded. Um, in the warm-up cinematic, Ray's Killjoy and Phoenix are all shown to have hit 30 out of 30 on the scoreboard. Okay, pretty okay. Nice. Um, yada yada, what did they say about Breach? Uh, although his, though his like primary expertise lies in engineering, he has not so far demonstrated... Uh, proficiency in a concrete manner. Therefore, he's in he's in the B tier. Um, Yoru and Jet have both demonstrated their capabilities in cinematics. Sky has. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to push back on that one, Cat. Okay. As soon as yeah. you mentioned cinematics, I was starting to think of what can I remember about agents fighting in cinematics. And in the very first cinematic ever, the Phoenix versus Jet, Jet mm -hmm. misses every single knife on Phoenix as Phoenix is chasing Jet. So I feel like that Ooh. needs to bump Jet down to one of the lowest tiers. <laughs> okay. Potentially. Um, I'm trying to think. In in a couple of the future cinematics, they show, they show I think specifically in the warm-up, they show Jet fighting a bunch of the bots. It doesn't matter if, well, you could, but... if you could fight yeah. bots if you miss knives yeah, in actual combat. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. They've got Sky fighting against the Kingdom operations in Australia. Um, Astra in the episode six cinematic is shown to be facing off against five other agents from Omega Earth alongside Harbor. And Shea, uh, Sage is shown in episode six cinematic to go through the training box akin to the episode four one. That's the um, hot Sage being well. mentioned by Jace. Oh, yes. Is that the hot Sage cinematic? Yeah, she yeah, looks presumably. Badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we got C tier, the undefined tier. Uh, this tier is primarily for agents who do not necessarily have much lore describing their capability for aim. It is entirely possible that they match or above the benchmarks that previously we just don't know. Um, so we've got Viper, who Viper does not, in many moments in the series, actively use firearms. 
she primarily relies on toxins to do stuff in all the cinematics. Probably because it's, you know, more cinematic. Um, basically, in the moment she is showed, she's either shortied in the chest by Alpha Phoenix, almost murdered by Reyna, or recklessly firing a shotgun in the general direction of Omega Phoenix, to which she actually missed every shot of a shotgun mm. from a judge. So basically, probably not, not the best aim. Um, and then we've got Omen, who we don't see basically like at all in any of the cinematics. And then in the one cinematic that we do see him in, he was fighting with Sage in the training area. Um, and you just don't get to see him do anything. So we, we, we don't know. Uh, and then finally, Gecko. The guy was saying, we don't know much about Gecko, but he seems like a relatively average Gen Z individual. Yeah, so probably not great. So probably not great. He relies on his pets to do shit for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that the end? Yeah, that is the there's, end. There's no, no agent that has dog shit aim. Well, like confirmed by cinematics. Well, Viper would be the only one. Or Jet, I guess, if you take into account the yeah. uh, Hunter's first cinematic mm-hmm. reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of disappointing that there's no, like, F tier. <laughs> Would be interesting yeah. if there was actually, like, an agent who, like, sh- like okay, kind of like In how the lore, Cypher... it just has really bad aim. Yeah, like, mm. kind of like how Cypher just dies yeah. in all the cinematics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except one. Agent who is... Which one did he live in? Cypher's Revenge? Or did he die oh, in that yeah, one, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that one. But, oh, that was also an April Fool's Day joke. Cinematic. I happened to be released on April 1st. I don't know if that's uh, actually relevant in this conversation. <laughs> but... uh, that's great. Yeah. This might actually tie in well, this uh, topic, to a uh, topic that was suggested in Discord. Um, by Blate45 earlier this month. He said, I think my topic side suggestion is, do you all think agent success is determined more by agent ease of use or actual power? If this changes at some point, at what level do you think it does? And he follows up by saying, you can apply a similar sort of topic to map favoritism as well. Okay. I like that as a topic, but right before we get into that, I want to know... Do you think there are any agents who either over or underperform their given lore-rated rankings? Because I'd say, in general, people with good aim often play Jet. Versus, I can yeah. see the Viper working out really well in terms of, like, oh, well, my utility does a bunch of this stuff. Ergo, I can sit in my pit with a shoddy and not necessarily have yeah. good aim. I mean, yeah, um, but you could say that just about duelist versus controller or sentinel or something like that. Like, sure. I'm so you say any you... any sentinel that's above B tier or controller is overrated, and any duelist that's below, that's B tier or below, is underrated. Yeah. Okay, I can see. I, yeah, like I that, see yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but Hunter, so to answer that question, that who who. Put that one in there? That was Mr. Late 45. Late 45. That's actually a really good topic suggestion. Um, Yeah. Doesn't really relate to the lore thing at all, but I like the attempted transition, so I'm going to go (laughs) ahead. 
Well, I mean, it's, um, it's just talking about agents. It's not yeah, 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 closely tied in. Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, to a certain degree, when you're first starting off the game, agent ease of use is, is like, a really important metric. Um, yeah. Like, it's the reason why I started playing Phoenix when I first started playing the game. Um, and I'm not exactly sure at, like, where that transition happens to agent ease of use becomes less relevant but like clearly at the like the pro level like astra's ease of use is not necessarily a hindrance yeah i think rather than the lower end or like the most ease of use it's easier to look at the other end of the spectrum of like the hardest to use Mm -hmm. um just because what like what would we define as like easy to use agents? I would say like Phoenix, um, Ko maybe. Uh, Sage. Ooh, I don't know about Ko. I feel like Ko specifically, you need to have a bunch of you'd have a bunch of lineups to get good value out of them. But you don't. Okay, but there's a reason why Ko has the worst win rate in ranked. Well, I'm just I'm that's not. That's beside the point. How easy okay. is he to use? Because that's that's literally the thing. Yeah. It does win rate correlate to ease of use mm-hmm. and up to what rank, basically. Right. But, um, like I think that Ko is a relatively easy agent. Like he has a flash that is pretty self-explanatory. You can left or right click it. He has a knife that throws straight, and it does the shit, and gets info. Yeah. Uh, and he has a a grenade molly thing. Like, it's all pretty, very, it's, like, very straightforward, throw it in front of you, utility, point, click, shoot. Okay, but I, I, I think the problem here is, like, if you compare him to Brimstone, right? Where, like, for Brimstone to drop his smokes, you have a different UI that pops up in form of the iPad, and you can just select where they go. Whereas, to get KO utility into the areas that you might want to get it, you would need a lineup to get it exactly there. No, but you can play KO, especially at a lower rank, without any lineups, easily. Yeah. You just you just point and shoot at a wall. Yeah, Cass, that's a bit of a weird knife. comparison like, because you, you're not smoking as KO. Yeah. No, no, but it, it's not about the smoking. It's about getting your utility exactly where you want your utility to be. And no, but that, that's, that's like saying Viper, and Viper definitely has a higher floor than, than Brim. Oh, for sure. But because you, like if you want to use your orb smoke, you kind of need a lineup for it, or, like, you can just drop it on the ground, too, but, um... Actually, can't you just see where the Viper smoke lands on your mini-map, or is that only in no, custom? No, that's only in in custom game. Oh, okay. Really? That's like only in a practice. feature in, cu- in customs? I'm pretty sure. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Oh, it's, uh, it's like, like on... for lineup practice. I wish everything yeah. did that. It'd be nice if everything did that. It'd be really nice for, like, brimstone yeah. smokes. I like, think there's just too many geometry things for. Did you say it'd be nice for brimstone smokes? You have a little yeah, map yeah, yeah. that shows you exactly where no, it's no, going to go. No, no, it'd be really already. nice to, like if you like you know you could just like go into a custom game and like learn where to drop your brimstone smokes so they show up in the exact right spot. You know. Yeah, you're being facetious now. I get it. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's <laughs> the literal worst agent to bring up for this case. Yeah. <laughs> but brimstone Molly, yes, <laughs> would be sick to learn Molly lineups. Um, 
But anyway. Okay, I think... wait. Quick non sequitur. Did you see the Valorant post on how they get a Brimstone lineup to anywhere? Uh, I feel like maybe. Is this a while ago? No, no. This is like just today on the Reddit. No, okay. I haven't then. Okay, so if you if you have a smoke remaining, right? You look up in the sky, you drop your smoke exactly where you want your Molly to land. And wherever the top, like, when you're looking up in the sky, you know how the brimstone smoke has a, uh... Yeah, like, like a, a visual and, thing that shows yeah, where yeah, it goes yeah. down? Yeah, If you aim your crosshair at the very top of where that, uh, like, the smoke trail starts as it comes down, and you fire your molly, it'll land where your smoke landed. That is one of the coolest lineup things ever. I don't know how Wait, useful it, it is. Really? Yeah. That's Someone just showed it off on Reddit. Insane. That's so incredibly you get, useful and not uh, like not just for like, oh, I want to like Molly post plant and like yeah. drop a smoke there. Like that's actually that's pretty crazy too. Um but also if that's real, like just delay lineups. Because if you have a smoke and you're gonna smoke off an angle to delay, mm-hmm. um that smoke's going to run out, but you can have taken note of where that trail is and then fire your molly there, and that further blocks off that angle after the smoke dissipates. Yes, but you couldn't have moved from when you dropped your smoke. But you could have dropped your smoke in an area, like in a corner, and like taken note of it, and then run yeah, back to that run back to that sure. corner when you need to and be like um, okay well here's where i need to fire yeah. and it, it obviously relies on you know map geometry not getting in the way yeah but it's like if you can see the top of that or if it, unless your molly like lands like hit something on the way down or up yeah, or yeah yeah i mean they they showed the example that they used was gelato on ascent to default on um on a That makes sense. Gelato, Gelato being like past a main, kind of near cap. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, um, okay. so they like for in a post plant scenario, they they dropped the smoke, looked at where the smoke started, and then fired their molly, and it landed right on default. Um, which like does that work at be... all distances or like pretty much all distances? I gotta go into a custom and try this out now. Yeah, that's I exciting know. for you going back yeah. to Brim Chase. That's exactly. <laughs> really so, exciting. Right? Yeah. Um. But I'm on just saying, like, lineups. yeah, on the fly lineups, if you need a lineup and have a smoke in your pocket, which yeah. is kind of common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, was seeing also... um, something similar on the Valorant subreddit this week as well, which is saying to find Gecko uh, Molly lineups, you go into a custom game as Viper and you see, use the smoke orb thing that you guys were talking about, where you see where the smoke orb is going to land. And then that is showing you where your gecko molly is going to land because it travels. Oh, because the they way. have the exact same yeah. Exactly. yeah travel. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it was by the same guy who made that post. Also oh, okay. I didn't see the Brim um, one. That's wild. But the Brim one's kind of cooler because you can do that on the fly. In game, yeah. yeah. If you're not in a 1VX, it might potentially be... <clears throat> Sorry, inting a little bit to drop a smoke on the bomb for the other team. Yes. But if there's not a lot of time left and your Molly can just buy you that time, but you need the lineup. Yeah, it depends and, on yeah, you have to use that and what other utility yeah. your team has besides yeah. that. Yeah. And then also, potentially, you got a bunch of guns that can just fucking spam anybody down. Could work. 
Because, like, I see you on, like, Haven, Haven C. Long. Because I don't think you've got a lineup for that one. Yeah. Um, could be useful. I do, no... I do now have, have a lineup for Haven C. Oh, Long. Oh, okay. But, yes. Uh, I think it only goes to default, which is not where everyone plants. Yeah. But... Oh, it goes to default, not to the long plant? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you could, if you're in a 1VX, which you mm. often find yourself in, and you need to get a molly down on it. There you go. Yeah, that's actually huge. All right, well, that was a bit of a non sequitur, but you were saying earlier. Anyway, ease of use agents. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, who do who do we define as ease, ease of use agents? Like other like because I I'm saying Ko that was a a contentious one. Um, Sage, mm -hmm. Brimstone, Sage, Brimstone. Yeah, I think Ko is kind of the premier example of this because I think he is, like you guys were saying, very easy to use, but not that powerful in uncoordinated play. But like, he's still a popular pick because of that. So even though his success is kind of low, the perception of his power is a is higher than his success because of the age of use. So that's kind of the other factor as well, like how someone is perceived. Whereas, like, Ooh, yeah, that's true. Whereas, okay, like, I... Sage is also pretty easy to use, but I think because she's less exciting, her power is perceived as less than it is, despite her actually being very successful at uncoordinated play. Uh, I, I think there's just, like, there's trickle-down agent pick rate. Like, people see, yeah, people see Radiant slash, like, pros playing these agents. And, like, KO is obviously a very popular pick in pro play. Because the ability to shut down the enemy team's, you know, abilities is quite good in pro play. Um, especially when, like, you're going up against either, like, a, um, like a, uh, a, a Viper or, like, a Killjoy or a Cypher. Someone who's, someone who you really don't want their fucking utility there when you're executing onto site. Um, KO is immensely powerful at that. And then you have your coordinated utility to exact onto site with, while the enemy team who's defending that site doesn't have any. I mean, um, sure, but the ease of use of KO really plays into that, to the fact that that trickle-down happens. Because that trickle-down does not happen with Astra. It did for a little bit, prior to her nerf. Well, when Astra was broken. Yeah. But even then, she wasn't but even then, it was right? not yeah. very common, because she is super difficult to use. Yeah, I definitely think there's that third factor of, like, how good an agent feels to play. Because I think KO just feels a lot cooler to play than Sage or Astra. Just because he's aggressive and, his, and, you know, he's a killer robot versus, oh, I can put smokes anywhere or, you know, I can slow people down with my wall and slow orb. And then yeah, res I, I my toxic like Sage, teammates. Yeah. Sage ease of use could, like, play into the whole, like, Sage has a, like, very high win rate. Um, down to the lowest ranks. Yeah, and you, you've seen people like artists. Um, he's the only one I can think. Oh, a bit of yay, but like now that Chamber's out of the meta, some of these Chamber one tricks have been going towards Sage. And I think FNS did an interview when he talked about this, and was basically saying, "Well, like Sage has some utility that we want for specific reasons, um, namely her wall to." get plants down on attack. Um, and her lack of, you know, general team-wide utility allows 
you to put what used to be Chamber 1 tricks onto Sage, have them, like, have them be able to op on that agent, and if they don't get out for free, a la Chamber, uh, you're not losing a ton. And they're incredibly, like, it's an, Sage is an incredibly easy agent to use, and so it's not like there's a huge learning curve for all these Chamber 1 tricks to pick up the Sage and play the Sage. Um, which is why we saw on, on Pearl, Artist was playing Sage. Um, Ye was playing Sage. Those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head. Um, that's, yeah, that's really interesting to think about, because you're right, like, it, there's not a big learning curve, and like losing your sage utility is not the biggest thing in the world. Like there it's not an agent where you're like really fucked mm-hmm. unless it's like a certain site in a certain setup, like, you know, icebox B site where you're like, well, you kind of need the fucking sage wall here. Yeah. But also that's on like, that's on attack. You don't need to, you're less likely to be taking number one for stools. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, opting. Yeah. Um, it's not to say that you can't, it's just you're less likely to. Yeah, but uh, I'm not even saying, like, with op, it's like, you know, you, you have some utility that's useful situationally, um, and very useful situationally, that's why you're picking her. Um, but you can kind of just rely on that person's aim, which is the chamber one trick initially anyway, so it's it makes sense to put, like, a star player on a sage mm-hmm. um, for, like, they can just concern themselves with winning gunfights instead of doing whatever they need to to help the team. Yeah, and then also on um, like specifically on defense when you're not planning on using her wall to uh, secure yourself a plant they can play off angles using the wall. Yeah. Um, and so I think Sage's ease of use definitely sees some advantage in the players with top like top tier aim especially at the higher levels where as chase was saying there's not a lot of your utility that you can get caught up and distracted with and be fucking around with and it's just i need to click heads so where do we think that agent power comes into effect in like in rank because i think we all agree that like agent ease of use at like lower ranks is like is powerful yeah, because, and part like, of that you're just yeah. learning the game. You're trying to pick things up, or maybe you're not just learning the game, but you're not good at the game, like us. Um, <laughs> and so e- ease of use, like, matters a lot. Yeah, and I think another agent that we haven't discussed that ties very much into this is uh, Neon, who has a high pick rate at the low levels and then falls off because she is very easy to use, and also you know like like I was you know, bringing in that perception piece as well, she's really fun. So easy to use and fun makes her, you know, quite popular. At the level yeah. Of I, I might have to face fight. on easy to use. Yeah, I might have to fight back on the neon. Yeah, I, I know, Cass, you have this bizarre opinion where you think that an agent whose primary skill is running fast is difficult to play at a basic It's level. not that it's difficult. Okay, it's not that it's <laughs> necessarily difficult to play. It's that, like, there's there's a lot of things that neon can do because of her increased movement speed that sure. enable for, you know, timings on enemy players that like Asuna was talking about that when they played, um, uh, uh, uh what was that Pacific team in lock-in? I don't remember. Okay. Fuck. 
Uh, whoever Kiwi plays for. Uh, I'm not sure who that is. Oh. It's some team in Pacific. Yeah, I can't. Fuck. It's difficult for me to look it up because my browser is the one that makes noise when I use it, so I can't use it while recording. Also, I don't remember how to spell Kiwi other than it starts with a Q. It might be Q- QWI. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I think it's QWI. Okay. Uh, yeah, QW1. 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 Oh, okay. okay, who does he play for? Um, uh, I know that he uses the Logitech T Pro Wireless X. He's got a Zowie mouse pad. Wait, and right, Q Kiwi... monitor. <laughs> right, Kiwi plays for foot? Foot. Yeah, foot. Although that's not Pacific. That's not Pacific. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in the slightest. Uh, that's Turkish. Turkish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At any rate, um, Austin was talking about how uh, how Kiwi was fucking up all their protocols because they weren't anticipating going up against a Neon, and a Neon could get to places sooner than they anticipated and could get past their utility barrage or could just be peaking them when they have utility in hand because they weren't expecting anybody to get to an angle that fast. Well, yeah, um, of course. That's, like, from day one what Neon's been known to be able to do. Yeah, but, like, I think that, like, when you look at a map like Icebox, um, Neon can go from, like, before barrier drop, be standing on top of servers, bunny hop to 410 to pipes to nest. Or just, you don't even have to go to nest. You can just be on the other side of pipes prior to the enemy team, like, being able to swing that. Well, sure, you could also do that using a zipline, but... Yeah, but, no, like, when you zipline across, like, number one, like, you can't toss utility when you're on the zipline, so Neon can stun her way up there while doing it, and just be at the entrance where the enemy team runs in, where her stuns are landing, like, instantly. But that's also mechanically really fucking hard to do. Um, and I think a lot of Neon's shenanigans in terms of, like, her, her backwards slide or her sideways slides, which are all really useful, are incredibly hard to do. And if you're just using Neon for her ability to go fast and not taking advantage of that movement in gunfights, you're, you're missing out on a lot of what Neon brings to the table. Yeah, Cass, and I think what you're missing out on is the fact that you don't need that stuff that Neon brings to the table when you're in bronze. <laughs> I, to... I was about to bring up the exact same point. Yeah, I if you can... Cass is getting lost. Yeah. Like, I don't... I'm not disagreeing that there are high-skill ceiling things you can do with Neon. Obviously, there are. It's just that the ability to... The ability to run up to someone and slide past them, making yourself that much harder to hit in ranks where people's aim is that much worse... You know, it's just kind of a, you know, it's a game over for them as you hold down the fire button of your SMG uh, versus like, you know, Jet, where the ability to take one shot and dash away, if you're missing that shot most of the time, then that's, you know, way worse at lower levels than it is at higher levels um, to simplify the things down a little bit. So I, I feel like the benefit you get at, with the lower skill floor of Neon not using the advanced tech is just much more than the skill floor of a lot of other agents. Yeah, I was about to bring up that exact point that we're not discussing ceilings at all here. Yeah. Uh, we're only discussing floors. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Although, I will say, the one thing in regard to Neon, though, that is related to her floor, 
is uh, her all her abilities being quick cast. I think could make them a bit unruly. Like it's a little bit hard to get her stuns exactly where you want them. Yeah, I I, I do think getting and value out of her stuns with, in particular is not easy. Yeah, like especially with the bounce mechanic, um, and the yeah. way that it's 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 a straight line. There's no trajectory to it or anything. Um, I, like. And, uh, like, I've seen Hunter when he plays me on, like, when we're in Discord all the time, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and the stun bounced right back at me. Uh, yeah. And now yeah. I'm stunned myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're like, oh, well, I wanted to stun over there, and just you're perpendicular to the wall, so it comes right back at you. Um, which, like, again, that's something that, as you play Neon, you'll just kind of get used to, and know mm-hmm. that you need to not be standing perpendicular to whatever surface you're firing your stun off of. Um, or just angling it at the ground so it hits the wall after, and then there are both stuns. But, like, I, I, I do think that Neon's utility, at least in the brief period of time where I tried her out, right as she released, I found to be a bit unruly. And also the mechanic of you need to aim up to get her wall to go over things. Oh, that's not very difficult. No, it's not, but it's just something you got to be aware of. But, like, still, I think that Neon, as Hunter brought up, is an easy character to play at lower ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on the discussion of when that falls apart, where, not not necessarily with Neon, but when does, um, like, agent power come more into play than yeah. agent ease of use? And I don't think it's very high up in the ranks. Like, I would say gold. It's really funny that you mentioned gold because that's exactly what I was going to say. Because the guy that I've been, you know, watching a ton of content and kind of preaching on behalf of Wuhujin, he has this differentiator of gold where he will VOD review anyone gold and above, but not below. Because in his opinion, if you're serious about the game, you know, you should be able to aim your way to gold. And... Uh, that's what you should be focused on primarily if your goal is to just, you know, really master the game. Um, and so that's his, like, cutoff as well. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's any real science to it, but I feel like it's a reasonable place to pick. Yeah, I just don't... I think it's not really about what character you're playing up until gold. It's about what you, like, just gun mechanics. Yeah. I, a lot. It's a lot more to do with mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. And general game sense, like I guess it's it's a lot, a lot to do with game sense. True. Um, and those can be like those are separate things that we've talked about before, right? Like your maybe your aim gets you to gold, maybe your game sense gets you to gold, and you have a way worse of the other one, mm-hmm. right? But either way, like up until like even into silver. Right, like ease of use of a character is very important because you don't really care about what your character does. Potentially, but I would say there there are agents who specifically rely on their ability to take unfair gunfights based off of their utility. And the easier that is to use, the better that is at at, at any level of the game, right? Like uh, Jet's ability to to smoke and dash in and uh, create like 
um, you know, just displace crosshairs at, like, a high ELO, right? Um, is something that is... Like, your whole goal is to gain an advantage in any given gunfight, either by it being the jet that's smoking and dashing in, or by the other people who are following the jet up, and hopefully people who are playing on site now have their crosshairs pointed at the smoke that the jet just dashed into. Um, like, no matter what it is that you're doing, the whole goal is to create unfair gunfights in your advantage. And the easier that is to do, I think, at all levels, provides value, right? And, like, to bring it down to what Hunter was saying, probably, mechan or like, from an ease-of-use standpoint, probably the best way to do that would be just neon slide in. And you're probably going yeah. to die if you do that at a high ELO. And then hopefully you would get traded by your team. But then, like, you go to higher, higher, uh, what is it? skill floors, like a, a raise, double blast packing in, where you're more likely to survive getting to a given area on site, and you've accomplished a similar goal of displacing crosshairs. It's just not as easy to do. Exactly. Yeah. I don't understand your point. Well... You, you, you're saying this like you're arguing against us, but this has nothing to do with the topic. I, I'm also with Chase here. I agree, but I'm confused where you're going. Yeah. Okay. What's your it, what's your point? It's like there there are certain like at, at a lower elo if you can accomplish one of these tasks, right? Or like if you look at it from a sentinel's perspective, like the ability for um uh, either cipher or like cipher if you have a couple one way lineups at a low elo, and you can set those up so you can see people, or um you've got killjoy uh like really brutal killjoy molly setups. Like, it, you're not relying on necessarily either your game sense or your aim to climb the ranks. You're just relying on your ability to get yourself into unfair gunfights. I feel like that's directly which a game is kind sense of thing, the, though, no? Well, uh, I guess a little bit, but it's kind of like the entire purpose of your agent's abilities. I just feel like it's not about exclusively aim at low elos. Well, if you're effectively oh, 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 oh. using one-way lineups as Cypher, you're not your your gold at least. Well, I feel like anybody, iron, bronze or silver, can go on YouTube. Oh, hundred percent. There are there lineup. are a million people in iron and bronze that use one way cipher lineups. Mm -hmm. They're just not good at them. They're not popping them at the right time because they don't have the game sense, or they're not hitting the shot when they're behind the one way because their aim is bad. Mm -hmm. And so then it doesn't matter whether or not they knew the thing because either their game sense or their aim is off. So, it, like, the difficult agent thing didn't matter at all. So you might as well have just used an easier agent. You're not worried about your, your cage lineup or, like, what playing off the utility. You're just worried about, okay, I look at them and I killed them. But I don't yeah, think it's yeah. useful. And something that Hunter's brought up to us about, I think it was a Wahujin thing as well, um, was that he was saying under gold, you should just install Ocarina. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to come back around to. Uh, Cass, when I was saying the thing about him saying aim is what you should focus on until gold, is specifically if your goal is to get you know into gold and past, 
and your mm-hmm. goal is primarily to improve as much as possible. What he wasn't saying is that aim is the only thing that matters in winning games under gold. You can absolutely, you know, use your be, you know, have bad aim, but you know, learn all this different agent uh, tech that sets you up for kills. The problem with that is that you'll reach a point where, you know, while you're continuing to use your utility well, the other team is getting better at reacting to it and you need to actually win more gunfights with your aim. And now you haven't been working on your aim if you've Mm -hmm. been primarily depending on, you know, taking these gunfights that are very much like unfair in your favor. So like, I fully, I fully agree that, you know, you can do really well with utility up to gold. That's exactly how I climbed initially. I was God awful with my game when, with my aim when I started playing the game and it was all about using my utility to compensate for that. But like, as a result of me playing like, you know, Killjoy was my first main, like it took a long time for me to seriously work on my aim. And I definitely would have climbed faster if I had been a Reina main and said, I'm just going to work on clicking heads. Yeah. And like, I, I, I guess to further exemplify that point, like my best games on Cypher when I'm just fucking tapping heads. Like utility <laughs> aside, it's just, I'm fucking clicking heads this game. Um, yeah. And if you're only focused on that, on that like cage one way, Mm-hmm. Right. What happens when the other team realizes, oh, this person can't aim? The rays just blast packs through your one way. Oh, that happens a lot, and I die. <laughs> yeah, like the ray, like the rays, or the jet dashes, or the neon slides, you just through the one way, and then you had the advantage there, but mm-hmm. your aim's not there, so they can pull their gun back out and tap you before you can react. Right or before well, you you kill them, even though you had the advantage because they had to move through your your smoke yeah, to get yeah. there. So, um, yeah, like, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying to be petty. I usually have a uh, a trap so that the jet or the neon would you know run into that. Raise blast packing over it is very likely. Yeah, <laughs> and it just destroys your trap. And yes, yeah, and then and then there's a raise in my face, and I get fucked. Yes, no, that happens a lot. Fuck raise. Um, but you know, I, I, like, I, I definitely see what you're saying. As for where it drops off though, like, I feel like it might be a little bit higher than gold. I can't say how much. Well, I think gold is where you can actually start using that. I mean, obviously we're biased because we're in gold, I think. But I would like to say, (laughs) oh, sorry. What are you, silver? (laughs) No, actually, my ult is gold. <laughs> yeah, you just got yeah. the gold. Yeah, the chase is legitimately speaking for all of us here. Yeah, we're in gold, so you're like, oh yes, definitely, gold's the cutoff. We're good players. Um, technically, yeah. <laughs> technically, my main is in plat. Yeah, just because you haven't played a fucking game on your main interact. <laughs> so you were not allowed to hold that over us because both of us play on our mains on this agent. Yeah, that was forced to be locked. Wait, by wait, us. wait, hold on. I've, I've played on my main a fair number of times, and Tony's not there. And we've been um, a fair number of times, there. being like three, ten ish, <laughs> maybe. That sounds like some cap. I'm looking know. it up. That's cap. Right, look it up, Hunter. Look it yeah, up. What's yeah. the number? Um, <laughs> is, it, is it above three? That's actually. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, gold. Gold. Three. I feel like is when your teammate having a lineup is sick. Oh yeah. Right. It, it, the answer yeah, is uh, six. Six is the answer. Double Jace's <laughs> number. Let's go. Significantly less than ten. Yeah. Yes. But double three. 
Yeah. You are one in five in those games. <laughs> you are one in five in those games, and yes. you're still plat. So that is why you have not played on your main, so that you can be like, oh, but I'm still a plat player. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah pretty much. Bullshit argument. Um, yeah. I always like playing on my main, but... Yeah, all the skins. Yeah. I miss my skins. I do, I, I do have Reaver on my alt, but... I don't have my all my other skins. I really don't have. It's the lack of having a nice skin that really gets me. Oh, yeah, really? dude! It, it, yeah. For me, it's like it's ninety percent the lack of a vandal skin that gets me. I'm with Chase, like, not having my, my knife skins, mm. and like I have, I have the inspect on my mouse, and it just like kind of looks at itself, and I'm like, that is so lame. Okay. Yeah. Oh, me and Chase on the same a, wavelength here. My my alt has a karambit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Karambit inspect is good because it flips yeah. around. Great. Right. If I if yeah. I didn't have the karambit, also I don't inspect my knife like ever. I oh, actually time. I, I every time I'm running somewhere I'm like oh. mashing inspect. <laughs> I, I inspect yeah. my knife at the beginning of every half to get to purple, <laughs> and then I stop inspecting my knife because I want it on purple. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes that takes me two rounds. No, with RDX, if you, if you cancel the inspect, it doesn't uh, it doesn't. Change. Yeah, I know, I know. But, like, I only do that when I accidentally start inspecting my knife halfway through. And then I'm like, ah, fuck, but I'm on purple. Cancel. How do you accidentally start doing that if your keybind is Y? Or did you change it from Y? What? My keybind is... Is it Y? Yeah. yeah. It's default oh. Y. I was going to say, how on earth do you accidentally press Y on your keyboard? That's he's nowhere try, near He's trying to else. spray... He's trying to spray. Yeah, probably He's trying, trying to spray. <laughs> oh, oh funny. Spray. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it, I, was just thinking, um, I was just thinking about this the other day that my favorite knife to inspect of the ones I have is obviously my champion's uh, butterfly knife. But I, I, I've been noticing that um, it, it does make some noise. Uh, not noise that the enemy team would hear, but noise to myself with all the like mechanical sounds of it flipping around. Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes when I start inspecting them, like, oh, hey, oh, wait a minute. You know, I should probably be using my ears for their full capacities that I have to cancel the inspect. I'm, yeah, I'm rarely inspecting during a round. Oh, I, but I, like, I inspect during rounds. That, that's something that, like, I always find is, is interesting in, like, the noises that you make that enemies can hear versus, like, the noises that your agent just makes. Like, yeah. when you pull your gun out, right, like, you cock that gun. Yeah, and you hear but that, but you know you, you have to that. know that your enemy doesn't. Yeah, you have to know that they don't. So like, I can go from knife out to gun out while while walking, and therefore being silent, and they can't hear that. Yeah, but like reloading, reloading they can, they can hear. Yeah, yeah, which is like, like for the. Uh, it's not that intuitive for, for a new player. No, no, like for the, and like the reloading is is something that I think is something that like a bunch of people overlook. Um, like that's what led to the start of my one v five the other day. Is someone reloaded? And you're like, oh, I, I know they're there. I heard Verena in that in a corner reloaded. Oh, and, and then I you're knew like, well, exactly that's a free kill. Where she was. Yeah, and I was able to pick up a stinger at a very close angle and be like, I can swing with M one, and she is dead. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing she can do about this. And like, had she uh, now, I don't know if she had literally zero ammo there. But, like, had she not reloaded, probably not going to swing that angle. Um, had she just swapped to her secondary and, like, played an off angle, probably don't win that gunfight. I've got a sheriff. 
and I'm probably not going to walk up close enough to get that stinger if I don't know she's tucked in the corner. Um, like, I don't know, I, I think, like, it, it's something that I actively try to do less, because coming from COD, I've got a really bad habit of reloading when I don't need to, which I think I've mostly dropped at this point. But, like, it's still something that I'm, like, very consciously aware of, of, like, hey, I'm letting everybody who's around me know exactly where the fuck I am every time I reload. Yeah. In yeah, COD, can you hear people's it. reloads? Uh, yes, but, like, the whole thing with COD is, like... It doesn't matter as much. Yeah. It just You're not being sneaky-beaky. Like, yeah, like, it's so <laughs> much faster-paced. Literally everything you do makes noise. I guess they're perks you can have so that you don't make noise when you're walking or running but yeah. like like fucking everything makes noise and like people just kind of know where you are and like even if they don't know where you are it's such a twitch reactionary thing like people drop shot and jump shot everything so yeah. like just them knowing your exact position is less relevant than it is in Valorant because crosshair placement is while still a valuable skill not as much so. Um, so yeah, basically that. Yeah, one thing that you were th- that that I thought of uh, as you're mentioning that reload thing, Cass, and this is something that I have had like in my mind for a while and have never done much with, is I would love to mess around in a custom a little bit, figuring out at what point in the reload animation does the audible part come through for you know, the other player, the player on the other team, because there are absolutely situations, even though they are definitely rare, there are absolutely situations where reload baiting could be huge. Like, for example, let's suppose, I think, I'm not confident, I think the reload noise happens around the time you, like, drop your mag from the gun before you put a new one in. Which, you know, this not being a realistic shooter, it's not like you're actually unloading your gun. And if you stop at that point, you have zero bullets, just to be clear, in case anyone's wondering. Um, But, like, in terms of the animation. So, like, if Reyna had, you know, been like, oh, I think there's someone here. And then they had either, you know, started the reload, got to the point where it made the noise, switched to knife, switched back to gun. Or, what's probably even easier, is if they had a gun on the floor in front of them you know, start the reload, then swap to that gun. You know, that actually, I feel like, could be really cool to bait someone into swinging you by initiating Or just swap to your shorty secondary. That Yeah, that yeah. works too, yeah. The, no, the gun on the floor, they can hear you pick up. Well, yes, but at that point, they're probably already swinging. Maybe. Um, but, like, they could potentially hear that and be like, ah, oh, I'm getting baited here. Well, you could but... hear just not the full reload animation finish or, like, the reload sound. Mm-hmm. and you could know but like are you are you thinking more like oh they're reloading i'm swinging now yeah like that's really what you're thinking Yeah, because you have very right. limited time to swing when someone's reloading mm-hmm. so like you know if you hear that you gotta go which is what you did in that case i don't know that you would have had the chance to hear and process that well, they were swapping guns I, and then cancel your swing before you saw them i actually didn't swing on their reload you the swung reload you you got the stinger on the reload I got the stinger on the oh, reload, oh, I, I and I knew exactly okay. where they were. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you knew they weren't going to be shooting at you. Yeah. But there but, are situations when you might actually sure, swing sure. reload. Uh, the one thing that I will say is, like, in this game, it's a lot harder to quick reload cancel. 
Like, a thing from COD is you can't reload while you're running um, unless you have a specific perk in certain games that allow you to do that. So you can just mash... You can just hit the run button for a split second to cancel your reload. And so it's a lot easier in that to reload bait because you... Um, you hit reload, you immediately run, the reload noise goes through, but you've got your gun back up. Whereas here you'd have to swap to your knife, swap back to your gun, but as you pull your gun out, you got to cock it again. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not easy, but I can see it yeah. possibly being used. Right. I think, I think it'd be a fucking five-head move to reload bait <laughs> somebody, especially if you have a shorty yeah. secondary. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Of like, yeah, that's start reloading my Odin. <laughs> Odin is a great example because it takes a while to reload. So yeah, that's like, a, yeah. So like, most likely somebody's going to want to swing me when I'm reloading my Odin, especially if it's a close angle. If mm. I hit that reload and they like, are like, oh shit, they're reloading the Odin. Let's swing. But I've then swapped to my shorty and they swing a close corner. There we mm-hmm. go. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. that I, I want to practice that I just had, like, I've had this like on my mind for months now is just making sure I understand at what point the, you know, the reload actually it makes the sound. Where, when do they actually hear it? Yeah. Yeah. And then also one thing that actually complicates this a little bit is that this is a situation where you might actually be paying to lose because certain skins that have different reload animations, like the, uh, basically the visual effects of the reload might be different in terms of the timing versus the default uh, skins. Like the biggest one that comes to mind is that, the Singularity Phantom is actually slightly pay-to-lose in this respect, and I don't know if the other Singularity skins are the same way, but, you know, if you're just trying to, ignoring the baiting thing, if you're just trying to cancel your reload animation where, with a default uh, gun, you can just wait until the new mag goes into the gun, and then at that point you can swap to your knife and your reload is complete. Whereas with the Singularity Phantom, the process of putting the new mag in is a little bit slower such that you actually can cancel your reload like to cancel your reload at the same time you cancel before the new mag is all the way in which you know is not very intuitive so you have to get used to that timing mm. you can't just so, go but the, t- the timing is the exact same for when it's actually full yeah. oh of course of course yeah, yeah guns yeah. don't function differently just, based on skin but visually, visually you don't see it yeah right you guys not just do it off time no, I do it off. I mean, I'm not sure really I don't have to be like honest. Non-standard reloads on a lot of I, my guns. I guess I think I just know the time at which I can cancel it at. Because I definitely don't look at the animations to cancel it from. I mean, but you're always looking at the animations, whether or not you're focusing on it. Yeah, I don't know if I do yeah, it most I mean, off, most off of sound or off of internal clock or off of visual. I would I say I, I, I would say I don't stare at my gun to cancel my reload. Mm-hmm. So it's either like out of the corner of my eye or it's the sound. Yeah, I think I think I do it off internal clock, but then also I think you can see when the bullets refresh in, um, like where it shows your bullet count through your true. HUD, and then you could cancel it off that. Yeah, which, I'm like, not ever looking. I'm looking at there way less than I'm looking at my gun oh, because the gun's sure. in the middle of my screen. Yeah, I have yeah. to specifically focus on that to understand right. where to cancel. Which it. I also don't do, and it's uh, I've gotten fucked over with an off a couple times because I thought I finished a reload. Um, cause yeah. I do it off internal clock. Um, and so I thought that I was done and I go to my knife or whatever 
and then I come back and I'm like, ah, fuck, I did it a little too early. <laughs> and yeah. I gotta reload again. Um, but yeah. Okay, going back to the to the ease of use, I'm curious okay. of where you guys think Jet lands. Because pre-nerf Jet, I would have placed in the very easy to use, like low skill floor, high skill ceiling. Now I'm not exactly sure. I'm gonna say not the easiest, not in the like bottom tier of easy to use, but maybe like a tier up from that. Um, just because it like the utility is pretty intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's a problem that I have when I have played Jet, which has been one game ever, um, is dashing in the correct direction. Uh, yeah. And that, like, just doing that is actually quite difficult. Yeah, um, I still fuck that up like, myself sometimes. Yeah, like, I, I would I would have to specifically think I'm dashing sideways out of this and then prepare myself to do that when I were to get into an engagement. Like, the ability to just dash out of, like, out of dodge whenever and in the correct direction on reaction purely is definitely a skill that's learned. Well, yeah, the the yeah. more thing that, like, the thing that I was more getting at is now is, like, there's a higher game sense level of knowing when to prime your dash. Yeah, that too. Because yeah, I would just, like, prior, you didn't need to. It was just there, and yet you had to build in that muscle memory of, like, hey, this is the side I'm trying to dash to. When I get into an engagement and I want to get the fuck out of dodge, I'm dashing this way. Um... And sometimes you don't have that time to preemptively decide on that, and you have to make a Twitch decision, like, on the fly. But now with the need to preemptively prime your dash, there's, like, a whole lot of game sense that comes into that. It's, I don't necessarily want to do this off barrier drop. I kind of want to wait for a bit of a cue. And so if you guys just silently creep up on this angle and then double swing me, like, I'm probably not going to have my dash primed. Yeah, um, I w- go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, yeah, that was kind of about the end of it. Yeah, I was going to say that I think thinking about the duelists in particular, I think that Yoru probably has the highest ability usage floor. Um, and I think that, honestly, Jet is second to me. Because the thing is, Ray's, Ray's nade is really good for how easy it is to use. If we're thinking about like the core of a character's kit. And then Phoenix Flash, while people flash themselves a lot, and I'm going to count that as Phoenix's E ability because that's kind of how it's used, even though it's not, is also very obvious with how it's supposed to work and very good at doing that. And then, like, if I compare Neon to Jet, we've already discussed how, you know, dashing, using the dash evasively, defensively, can be difficult uh, initially while you're getting used to it. And I think dashing in aggressively, you know, I think it's much less easy to get value than neon, uh, you know, sliding in. Because of the neon slide, you're staying fluid and able to shoot while you're sliding. Whereas with the jet dash, you dash and then stop and have to re-equip your gun. So <clears throat> if you have someone who's just not, and so people who don't have as much of a plan of what they're doing with that, just dashing into the open and now being vulnerable for that amount of time while they re-equip, I think that, you know, that's a worse situation than neon sliding in by far. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think Jet's fairly high skill floor, actually. Not highest, but I think she's up there. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I would I would agree with that. But I don't think I'm like I, I think priming the dash definitely puts her up there more. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I guess just with the like with the recent changes, I feel like Jet's skill floor has put more of an onus onto game sense than mechanics. In terms of knowing Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, knowing when to use what. And, right. like, something that uh, I believe Wahujin brought up in, in one of his videos on he was reviewing Jetman is that there there are times when, like, you just need to know to drop a smoke at your feet and kind of wait things out. Um, either in terms of forcing the the enemy to make a move or waiting for your teammate's utility to come through. And so like, sometimes when you dash into sight, you should just drop another smoke at your foot and not actually go anywhere and wait for your teammates to scale up, wait for utility to come through, wait for someone on the enemy team to, like, you know, make a move um, or, like, give you an audio cue or something. And so I think that, like, a lot of the, a lot of the skill floor got moved when they changed her her dash mechanic from being mechanical to being game sense. And I'm not sure how that really plays into ease of use. Like, does that just make it that much harder that now you need to rely on game sense to get value out of this? Or is it still around the same because the mechanical skill is about what you needed before? Well, I think that the mechanical hasn't changed is the thing. Right. right? So if mechanical is staying at the same level and you're adding more game sense, obviously it increases the skill floor. Um, yeah. Like the, the mechanical is the identical, uh, except for needing to hit a one more button. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's when to hit that button that you need to know. Um, and so obviously it's going to be more difficult to play because there's just another aspect there. Yeah, I see that. Um, a, a topic that I started to bring up earlier that I didn't really get into, or like a point, really. Um, it was back to the gold being the level of, um, like the the cutoff. Um, as I was thinking that gold is where your teammate having a lineup is nice, and obviously, like in silver and bronze like people have lineups and they're able to use them effectively sometimes but it's still the point where if a rando teammate has a lineup in like silver or bronze you don't know if that's going to work like it is very common that they're going to miss the lineup that they're just not going to fire it on time that it's like something's going wrong in that situation a lot of the time or it can you're not trusting that it's going to work perfectly now Mm -hmm. Gold, if someone's like, oh, I got a lineup here, you're like, sick, let's play around. Right, yeah. And that's that's where I'm like, okay, this is definitely where agent power comes into use over just skill at the game or ease of use. Um, Because lineup characters, one, have a higher skill floor, if you're going to be using that aspect for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like obviously brim is like the low one of the lowest skill floors and has lineups but so that i'm saying if you're if we're talking about like lineups as a proxy um then like in in gold is where that really changes from just using the character to um using the character's power i guess my to play devil's advocate i wonder if Maybe what you're seeing is gold is when whoever is playing that agent knows when to play for their lineups versus when that's not an appropriate situation. And they just know their lineups, but that's still utilizing the agent's power more so than it is um, the ease of use. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not arguing against it. It's just like, I I feel like it's what you you could potentially be seeing is like if you're in a like a much lower elo, right? Like, say we're looking at, like, an Iron Viper player who's got Smoke Orb plus Molly lineups, which, as we've discussed, can kill, well, at least pre-nerf, could kill over 16 seconds off the spike timer. Yeah. Um, Which is insanely powerful. I, I don't know what it is post-nerf. Um, but nonetheless, like... It's like if you go to play for that every single round, you're probably going to win some of them, but you're not going to win them all. No, and you're you going to do been, it wrong. Yeah, yeah, you would have been better off staying and fighting with your team to secure that round instead of falling back to buttfuck nowhere to fire some lineups off. Um, and definitely that's the case post-nerf, where you can't guarantee 16 seconds off the spike timer. Um and so I, I wonder if what you're maybe noticing is, like, at, at lower ELOs, like, you having you having a more powerful agent, quote-unquote, and you knowing the lineups to make use of that doesn't necessarily mean that you know when to use that skill set. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I definitely agree, and that's absolutely the argument for gold being the, the cutoff between... Mm-hmm. Um, ease of use versus uh, character power. Right. I, I mean, I, I think that you're. That's just uh, more to to the point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be. Just a different way to look at it. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's just saying. Okay. Well, instead of instead of using the power of your character, which in Viper's case is like lineup meta, say, mm-hmm. um, that's like a very powerful aspect. Um, it would have been better just to to stay and play around other utility or like play play with your team, uh, yeah. which is not power specific. So would you have just bet- been better off on an agent that wasn't a lineup character that you could have just you know played very easily mm-hmm. and would have get, gotten you better better results in that situation? I think probably yes. I mean, to a certain extent, that's why we put Tony on the fade. I mean, in a way, I don't think any yeah. of his characters are specifically great for this. Well, I was just saying, like, I feel like we put Tony in Fade to get him out of using his agent's utility for anything outside of, like, this is what this does, and that being very straightforward, and then him just focusing on... On the actual engagement. or On the actual thing. engagements on hand. Yeah, like, yeah I definitely agree. Scenario, I agree with that, right? yes. Is, like, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna put him on an agent that, like, it, it, it's very straightforward what your abilities do... And, and they do it now. Yeah. Right. And it should be very clear on when you should and should not be using them. 
to which, like, no matter what, when you pick up a new agent, there's going to be a learning curve in that regard. Like, when Chamber first came out, I got caught with utility in hand a fair amount. Um, <laughs> Joke's on you, that utility is a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I got caught with my headhunter in my hands way too many times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was going for the clip, you know? Three enemies left, three bullets in the headhunter, like... <laughs> um, but no, like, I definitely got caught trying to fuck with my TPs, or, like... Especially when he had two two traps. Trying to... Trying to drop a trap and, like, fall back. Um, just to know if somebody had, like, egressed on that area or not. Mm-hmm. And, like, someone would swing me while I was doing that. Yeah. I'm trying to TP out or somewhere. Yeah. I, I exactly. I got I got daddy's daddy's credit card in my hand. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this at this point. Well, maybe I'll I'll wrap up this this uh, topic by I went to my notes of things to talk about. Uh, a Hujin quote from one of his VOD reviews that I loved is he said that Valorant is a strategy game with an aim mini game attached to it. Mm. and it may be overstated I but like I, that yeah but i liked it because you know that's kind of why i enjoy valorant that i'm not you know i didn't come in as a hardcore aimer hardcore fps player but as someone who enjoys strategy and that's why i enjoy valorant it is like macro strategy micro aim mm-hmm. yeah right like it's yeah. it's a large chess game of where like where you're going what you're doing um and then a small now i need to hit the shot in between like, those right. in certain engagements. It's like chess boxing. Kind of. Not, I'm not sure what chess boxing the, is. Chess boxing, chess boxing is, is play... like round of chess, round of boxing, round of chess, No, no, but boxing. it's like, it's like okay. you have like a, call it, we'll call it a minute. I don't know the exact timings. Yeah. It's like you have a minute to play a chess game, then a chess game goes on pause, and then you have like a one minute round of boxing. And then you go back to the chess game. And you have to either beat your opponent in chess or knock them out. By the end of the rounds, yeah. Yeah. And so you could be not great at chess, necessarily, but just play hyper-defensively and be like, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. Or you could be like, well, my defensive boxing is good enough that I feel like I'm not going to get knocked out, and I'm going to... I'm going to rely on winning this chess game. Yeah, not great because I think it's more even... Yeah, in chess perhaps. boxing than it is in Valorant, but like <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a fun little sport to bring up, but yeah, not, <laughs> not well, as Valorant, great for the analogy. Like, well, it's like in Valorant, either I'm going to have my strategy and my utility just be like better than yours, and we're going to win games based on that fact, or I'm going to be Arena and go click heads. It, the thing is, it's not an it's not an or as much. Um, in Valorant, and I, I see it more as like the greater picture is strategy, but you must beat the mini games in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the mini games are individual engagements where your aim matters. Yeah, um, it's like that pops up on your screen, and you have to beat that in order to continue playing the other game. Mm-hmm. And like it's so it's not like an and or it like it is in chess boxing like that. Yeah. Okay. I I see that. Yeah, and like coming to it from the perspective of someone who played a lot of XCOM, and Chase will be able to relate to this as well, it's like, you know, in XCOM, in a strategy game, uh, you know, you, a tactical strategy game, you know, you have, you, you use your utility and positioning 
And then that gives you a higher percentage chance to hit. And so, you know, if you're constantly just rolling the dice on, you know, 50% chances to hit, then you're leaving up in the air, you know, you're leaving, uh, there's a lot of variation based on, you know, randomness uh, versus Mm -hmm. like in Valorant, there's a lot based on just how well you're aiming that day. If you're constantly taking 50 fifties, whereas if you put yourself in positions where, you know, you got an 80% chance to win the fight because the enemy is flashed, you know, you're going to be a lot more consistent. Whether that's an eighty percent chance in in XCOM, or if it's you know your aim in Valorant, so yeah, I think I have an eighty percent win rate in head be head fifty fifty gunfights in Valorant. Are you saying that as a flex, or are you saying that as a not flex? I'm confused what <laughs> where you're going with that. <laughs> I'm just talking out of my ass. Um, I got a fifty percent chance of killing someone when I have a fifty percent chance of killing them. That's a oh wait, yeah, I yeah. thought it was sixty percent of the time. Works every All time. The yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, to move on and just hit us with a little quick topic before wrapping this up here. Um, there's someone on Reddit who is complaining about some of the recent changes that Riot made to Valorant, and that like the devs are a bit out of touch here. Um, and so we're gonna go with them. Uh, point number two, uh, a dev confirmed was a bug, but I'm gonna bring that one up first just so we can know what it is. But uh, apparently the chat has been removed after a game's over. And so, like, the all chat, or, like, your teammates chat that you've been, like, using, uh, was getting removed after a game ended. Um, you couldn't go back and see what people like, were saying at yeah, the end of the game. Yeah, you couldn't oh, go back see. and see. Uh, and basically, a dev came out and confirmed, like, hey, like, that that's a bug. That was not an intended change. Um, so that one's largely irrelevant. Just wanted to bring it up in case anybody was wondering what that was. Uh, but the, the other two points that they brought up were, uh, the headshot banner and the new Killjoy UI. Okay, continue. Um, I don't know either okay. of these. So the headshot banner is, everybody liked that little headshot thing that would pop up on the bottom of your screen when you got a headshot. And if you're using a skin, it would show the, whatever your kill icon was for that skin with, like, headshot next to it. Um... And it still shows the icon, remo- just to be clear. It still shows the icon, yeah, but yeah. they removed that. They removed the headshot aspect of it for UI clarity, and did not add a toggle option. Which, for things like this, when like if you're gonna tote like a UI clarity change, I feel like adding a toggle is just the way to go from a dev perspective. And then you, as the dev can elect what you want to be default. But give people the opportunity to elect whichever one they want. Um, yeah, the problem with, with with that is that if they think that it, this is a change for the better, then it's probably just better to do it outright. Um, now, this circumstance might not be the case, but rather than logging into a game and having so many settings options that it's fucking insane, you don't know what to like what you're doing, in the settings menu, like every single UI thing doesn't need a toggle option. Um, I, I think I understand where the devs are coming from. Not that, that like I, I, I like the headshot thing too, but mm-hmm. like, I understand them not wanting to clutter a settings menu with another thing that says headshot icon on or off. You're like, well, what the fuck? Like, mm. 
don't know, well, is it better to just like simplify that? Just not, it's not there. Yeah, I was thinking about it from a slightly different perspective, which is not from the user experience of, oh, there's too many settings, but from the perspective of, you know, for everything that you have a setting for as a dev, you know, even though there's a user option, you don't want there to be options that make the game look like complete shit because, you know, then you you, you might have your game be played in a way that's not intended. So if, if you if you look at not just this scenario, but other possible UI things, you know, the devs would have to constantly, you know, basically make sure that all of the UI options led to good results. So, like, if in the future... Yeah, like you they... couldn't toggle everything on and it just looks terrible. Well, right, but even, yeah, like, even if it's something as subtle as, you know, down the line, you know, they leave the headshot text as an option to turn on or off, but then they end up moving the kill banner somewhere else. And, and now, like, the headshot text, now they have to remember to go back and, like, move that as well for the people who you know, still use it, even though that's only 2% of people. And, you know, it just creates, it creates more dev work to have to like, you know, basically make sure multiple different permutations of what the UI could look like work for people. Um, that being said, that might not be, you know, when it comes to this one thing, I'm not sure there's enough in the UI to where it would get this clutter that it would be an issue, but, but I could see that being a reason why they wouldn't want to have a lot of different options. Kind of not so much yeah. to the specific point as much as to Cass's overall point of you should have all these options for the UI. Well, like, yeah, it would be nice from a user experience perspective, but from a dev perspective, that creates a lot more work, potentially. I see what you're saying. I just, I feel like more options are better. Yeah, for the user, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm always yeah, going to yeah. be in favor of more options. Yeah, I just feel like you should, you should have the option. And like, as Chase was saying, like, Sure, there could just be a thousand fucking settings, but like anybody who wants to go through that and elect what setting they want, it can just go through that and elect what setting they want. And if you just start up the game and you didn't know that they used to have this little headshot banner that like people just get a little bit of dopamine from or whatever, like if you don't care about that, then you don't have to turn it on and it's off by default. But if it's something that you're interested in, at least the option's there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Like, I think you, you can even hide it like um from like a ux perspective like you can just hide it under like an advanced graphic settings menu or something like that but yeah like a casual yeah. player is not even going to enter right um and that, that's that's totally fine uh, more options is in general better mm -hmm. for uh, the users and, that want to employ them and then the next one here and this one i actually have a problem with because i really fucking don't like it but uh the new killjoy ultimate ui when you're in Killjoy's alt, there are these two almost like semicircles on the top and bottom of your screen, just in yellow. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's to let you know that you're in the Killjoy alt, but like, holy fuck is that intrusive visually. Like, I don't want to see that shit there. Like, was I, there I a problem them. before with people not realizing they were in the kill, Killjoy I, I don't Wasn't know. there already a graphics thing? There I'd was. I see the difference between the previous and the and I was the trying one. to look that up right now because the thing is, there there was always something. I think it might have been yellow lines, but they were, like, thin um, rather than the thick boys that we have now. I I can find it because I have a clip of me entering and exiting a Killjoy alt, like, right before it goes off, like, five or six times. 
Um, so I could find it in one of my clips, but it would ruin the recording, so I don't really want to do that. Um, but I could tell you what it looked like before. But basically, like, the new one is very in your face about it. And I really, really don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I find it incredibly distracting. And I wish that that, was there was some reason that they thought they needed a like they needed a more um yeah i mean this is this seems pretty clear that it's indication yeah it seems pretty clear that this was something that is targeted at casual slash lower ranked players that mm-hmm. you know I, I don't literally no one in you know at the upper levels was saying oh i have a hard time telling if i'm in a killjoy alt because you have the uh you have the audio sound of being inside of it that like humming noise when you're inside versus outside and there was something on the middle of the screen, even though I'm having a hard time finding a picture of it right now, um, that also indicated that. But, uh, you know, from playing with my dad, who is kind of a, a great, uh, you know, example of someone who it really doesn't have just this immediate knowledge of what the agent interactions are in the game. You know, I would constantly have to tell him, you're in the Killjoy ult, you have to move. So, like, there definitely mm-hmm. is a, my dad's kind of an extreme case of very low rank, very casual but like I can definitely see the devs being like figuring out that you know people who are newer to the game are frustrated by not understanding when they're in the Killjoy ult and then just getting detained all of a sudden. That being said, I don't really have that much of an opinion yet. Um, it's not like the UI is covering anything important, but it is very loud visually. Uh, so I understand why people don't like it. Yeah, I found the clip. Give me one second. I'll tell you what it looks like when you're inside it. Yeah, was there anything? Yeah. Okay, it was a much smaller red ring. Can you stream okay. real quick, Cass? Yeah. Yeah, just um... so I can see it. Yeah, I mean... We're... Wait, hold on. I think Sorry. visual clutter in general... Wait, why can I not Meh. find... it? The screen that I'm trying to... I, I might just have to share my main screen. Oh, okay, here we go. That ring allowed you to know that you were in Killjoy all. Wait. Right, right, yeah. That's pretty intrusive itself. Pretty intrusive. And they just made it much fatter and yellow. But it also doesn't it's... go all the way around now. It's not... Yeah, here, let me let me just grab this real quick. Holy heck! Yeah. Okay. Let me let me just put this in our in our chat here. This is just a picture of the of the new UI, and for whatever reason, this one only is the bottom half. But oh well. Oh no, it's yeah, the whole I, thing. I only saw the bottom. I only saw Never the mind. bottom half. Of yeah, it. yeah. Here, yeah. I, I just put this in our in our chat. This is the new one. Okay. Okay. I have a different opinion than I thought I would have on this. I kind of oh, like where, it where more. In, where in the chat did you post this? Host chat. Mm, it's in, it's in host chat. Yeah. Okay, I have a different opinion than I expected to have on this entirely. I think this is purely a case of people being used to one thing and then just being distracted by the fact that it's different. Because I think that the old UI is much more intrusive because that circle is in the middle of your screen. So the chance of that red ring being over top of something that you're actually like needing to shoot or to like you know, point your crosshair at is much, much higher. 
I think I think the new thing is much more out of the way, and it's just that you know we really didn't think about the old thing, and now we're thinking about the new thing. But I think it's a definite upgrade. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think that it's fine. It's a fine change here, and the uh, yeah, the I, I didn't even realize that that red ring like existed, like in the prior KJ olds, like. That's not something that I even noticed. Um, but I think that, like, I, I, I think that almost speaks for itself in that, like, sure, when, when you're looking at the photo, or I guess when you're looking at my stream versus what you're looking at right now that Hunter posted, like, sure, you could argue that the red one is, is more towards the center of screen or whatever, but I feel like it is subtler. No, but are you but just it's noticing in the way. it's different? Are you just noticing yeah. that it's different? It's Either like, way, like, it's, it's the, very This yellow boring. one is definitely more, uh, like, see-through, too. Yeah. It's I don't know. I, I just opaque. wish that, like... I, I just wish there was a way to have it be, like, 90 times more subtle. Like... I, I guess, like, at least I'm not concerned... You can just thin it out a little bit, maybe, but... Still, like, I think the old one's not subtle at all either. But, like, we were just used to it for so long that you don't even notice it. And I think that eventually you're just going to be used to this that you don't even notice it as well. You just obviously Maybe. know that you're in a KJ old. Yeah. And people, I agree with Hunter here, people are just overreacting to the fact that it's different. And so they're noticing it more. And that in itself could be a bad thing. Like, why change it? Because it's going to make people's experience worse. Um, but is that, like, a short-term problem with a, with a long-term this is actually better? I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, my first reaction was, oh, yeah, the old one was way more subtle and out of the way. This one is, like, you know, really distracting. And I think that's probably the reaction most experienced players had because they never thought about the old Killjoy UI, and now they're thinking about it. So it seems like it's, you know, way more, you know, out there. But in reality, this one is out of the way. Also, and, just like, I don't know why you need yeah. a UI for that. Well, it's, you know, it's nice because it's nice to be able to see at a glance if you're on the edge and things yeah. are chaotic. If you're in the middle of it, you should know, obviously. Yeah, it's um, like, I feel like I either know I'm in the Killjoy UI or I'm not in the Killjoy. Or I like, feel like I either yeah. know I'm in the Killjoy alt or I'm not in the Killjoy alt. Like, I will say one thing that I also do think is about, it's nice about changing the UI is that prior that same red ring you would see when you were about to get uh brim ulted or if you were in the line of uh a breach aftershock there might be other things as well but essentially in other cases it meant you were about to be damaged whereas in this in this case it means you're about to be detained which is a very different thing so i kind of like the idea that they're making that ui indicator different yeah i just don't even think about ui things that have been in the game for that long Right, they're just part of it. Like, you yeah. don't actively notice them on your screen. Um, and I think it's going to be the exact same with this. You're not going to actively notice it once you realize it's, like... Uh, once you get over the, it's different. And so, not, therefore, I'm noticing it. Maybe. Yeah. Like, that, that, that could very well be the case. I yeah. just... We're definitely going to put a screenshot, like, in the general chat with, you know, comparison. Because, like, getting to see it visually is, is huge. Yeah, I, I, I just find that I'm not currently. A huge we'll just fan put it. Of it. We'll just put it in the polls. Oh yeah, even better. Yeah, then we can have a vote on which one is better. 
Yeah. So we'll just make a poll with both screenshots and be like, here's it's not not necessarily which do you think is better, but do you think that the new one is worse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess that um, is which one's better. But like, how do you word that? I don't know. We'll figure yeah. out a fucking way to word okay. that properly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at any rate, one thing that this guy did not list in his post that somebody brought up in the comments is related to the the improved Sova Dart, which is supposedly easier More representative to see. of the hitbox. Um, yes. which. I, I the Sova Dart itself is more representative of the hitbox apparently, and it specifically stated it didn't mess with any lineups. Yeah. Um, and then also it the line that comes down around um to yeah. like notify that you're about to be pinged or like the area that's being scanned, that that was more um uh more prominent. Yeah, so apparently that that is more robust. But a bunch of people have stated that they find it incredibly clunky and obscures your your vision more than is necessary, and that the previous iteration of it, and again, this might just be a, this is what I'm used to, but that the previous iteration of it was clear enough, um, but that the new one is just, it's too much stuff on your screen that makes it harder like I, the way that oh, I see it is one, quite, one second. Little, Let me yeah. really quickly clarify, Cass. You're talking about the the little dots of light that come out from the dart, not the changed yes. visual dart yes. itself. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. I'm talking about the lines that come out to show that, like, when you're going to be scanned at what radius from the dart. Um, yeah, the scan that emanates from the the dart or whatever right. goes down walls and shit. Yeah, yeah, and people are saying that like the one before was plenty enough to understand when you were going to be scanned and when you weren't going to be scanned and that the new one obscures a lot of visual clarity which is a problem that I have with Raisnade in which Raisnade is effectively a jet smoke yeah but it's nowhere near that like I, this, I, I this Sova thing I, I don't I think that it's that game. big of a deal I haven't um, played a game with the new Sova so I don't know uh, I'm just going off what other people have said. Yeah, I don't know who, if it's better for the Sova to make the the dart slightly more distracting uh, or a significant piece of utility, or it's worse because it's less likely that people are going to get scanned by it um, because they're going to notice it easier at lower ranks or something. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I think it's a change. It's not like that big of a deal. And then... This is, I like. I don't know if I'm opening a can of worms with this, but like, I was just thinking about like subtle buffs and nerfs to agents, and how UI changes could greatly affect that. For example, being concussed. Right, people have been complaining. They're like, "Oh, well, like I can cuss people with like my breach stun, and then I swing an angle and just get one tapped." Now, without actually changing the mechanics or the way the stun works, if you just make that, if you just make the UI of being concussed more jarring, that would be an indirect buff to concusses. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's an extreme example, obviously. Um, yeah. But like that—that's kind of what I was bringing up with the with the trade off with Sovo. Like, could mm-hmm. could the distraction make it a more significant piece of utility to use the the recon dart? Slightly, yeah. like marginally. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's possible, but I don't think it really affects that much. Um, it would absolutely make a, a big difference if it were the concuss UI. 
But. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they'd be willing to make UI changes like that to buff certain mechanics in-game. Um, or like when you're standing in a Maui, there's the little stuff at the bottom of your screen, right? Yeah. If they make that like much more or something. Yeah, so if they make that like much also more. Also slightly so visually impaired. Right. If it rises like halfway up your screen, well now standing in a Maui would be very, very detrimental on top of the damage you're already taking. Uh, it's like, well, I can't even swing this to take a gunfight, really, because my visual UI is so obscured. Um, I mean, I think that they should be willing to do that to, like, either lower the UI jarringness or, or raise it um, to, to do a buff. I don't think that there's really a need to at this point, but I think mm-hmm. that that's a tool that they could pull out. Who Like, that's such a... Who knows if they're going to do that topic, but mm-hmm. they could. I wouldn't have a problem with it if that if they stated that's the purpose too. I think that's really smart. Yeah, I think it, like I, I was saying, like I think that would be kind of clever, and I wish they would reduce the UI on Raisinade. <laughs> not that's not and UI. I, you're talking about visual effects. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wish they the would effects. reduce the visual effects on Raisinade and yeah. increase clarity. The same thing that they claim to be doing in this patch on Raisinade. When am I taking damage? It, okay, if I had a yellow ring, if I was taking raise damage versus not taking raise damage akin to Killjoy alt, fuck, I'd be stoked. Well, I think the big issue with that is because the little the little grenade things are, the little bomblets, I guess you could call them, are moving around constantly, bouncing crazily. So... For you to have an accurate indication on if you're going to take damage or not by the time the things actually go off, the game would need to like simulate how the grenade's going to bounce in advance, which still wouldn't be a hundred percent accurate in the case that you know something else moves the little grenade nades. Like if someone runs into them, I would assume they would move. But like, I feel like that's the problem. That it's it's not just okay. There it is. Yeah, they're like each off. individual projectiles. It's not like yeah. you throw a nade and then there's like an orb where you take damage. I think that that yeah. would maybe be like that's really what you're asking for. No, no, no. What I'm really asking for is just like, okay, you know how, uh, um, ko alt or ko nade pulses. Yeah, and I can see when I'm in the radius versus when I'm not in the radius. There's that little thing on the ground. I just wish the mini explosions from Raisinade had that. Just so I know that, like, hey, I'm not in that area versus I'm in this area. I just wish there was some way of knowing that, like, you're taking damage here versus you're not taking damage here. Talk about screen clutter, though. That's way more screen clutter. I mean, maybe. But also, like, I'm trying to avoid a fucking nade. I'm not trying to take a gunfight. If I'm trying to take a gunfight... I'll be standing in the nade, accepting I'm dying, the kind of the same way that I'd fight a raise ult. Mm. Like when a raise ult's coming at, or when I hear a raise pop or ult and come blast packing at me, I know I'm dead. And You're I'm standing there taking that, kill that. Yeah, I'm just trying to go one for one. Yeah. Um, but you, you've made that decision, either I'm going to tank this and try to get the kill on the raise, or I'm going to hide from this and run away and you'd like the same ability to to make that decision with the nade yeah exactly or like especially because i play jet and i can updraft out of some if not all of the damage when i'm stuck in a corner there are times when i think i'm hovering with my float high enough that i'm chilling and then i still take like fucking 80 damage yeah 
It's just yeah. there's no there's no way to know. And it's like now maybe I had another updraft in my pocket. And you could have used that it. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't, and I would have taken this damage no matter what. And like, but it's like, just at least had I known and I had that extra updraft, like it would have been good to know about whether I was going to take the damage there. And and then I have the option: take sixty damage, use my other updraft. But I don't know that currently. Currently, it's just a fucking coin flip. Yeah, I agree. I just also think that it, it goes against your point of making the Ravenade not a smoke, because like it would make it more of a smoke. Well, I'm I'm thinking there could be a subtle way for them to do it. Like like the Soba Dark scan never bothered me in any capacity. I've never had a problem with that adding visual clutter to my screen. No, but there's a lot more concentrated things in an area, which is why it's visually cluttering. And adding more lines and domes and stuff to every one of those things is just more visual clutter. Now, do I agree with you that it solves the one issue you're talking about? Yes, but it doesn't solve the other issue you're talking about. Um, well, I'm not a game see, dev. Yeah, I think that there could be a subtle way to do it. Hot take, I, I don't think they should do that. I think they should just re- reduce the radius of taking damage from the bomblets. Well, I'm not saying they should nerf raids. I am. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> I specifically with the nade, I think I think the problem is just that those little bomblets have, for how small they are, they the damage range is so much bigger than it seems like it should be. And yeah. also, I think the biggest problem as well is you might... There are plenty of cases I think, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to take damage from one of these, but then, you know, one that's, you know, five feet away plus seven feet away, I don't know what the actual, you know, distance is. I take damage from multiple and then that causes problems. So like the thing is, I think that if you nerf the, the range of the, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the size, the basically the sphere around the explosion that does damage i don't know that it would be a crazy nerf because due to the random bouncing nature of those little guys um you know it still has the area denial capability because you can't know exactly where those are going to go and therefore you still can't just stand around and hope to tank the nade unless you want to play a very dangerous game so i think they should just do that honestly i think that's the fix yeah, and then you can still throw it where the like the cluster is small, and mm-hmm. therefore it's all in one area. But you can also yeah. throw it high, and it spreads out more. And then you know you can stand somewhere where you only get hit by one, or maybe you're like you know they're on either side of you, but you don't get hit by either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a decent trade off for for like the spread of the of the nade. Hmm. Yeah. Rather than it just doing a fuck ton of damage always. Amen. Anyway, do we uh, wrap it up here and yeah, Hunter get so. to his job early tomorrow? Sounds good. <laughs> I have one thing to end on, if you guys don't mind. Yep. Uh, you know, as we've been suffering through this uh, act of, uh, you know, having to play characters that we wouldn't normally play... Um, there's some wise words or really the opposite of wise words that are good for perspective from the Valorant subreddit. This was almost a month ago, but I, I read it. I read it on Reddit and uh, it, you know, 
kind of blew my mind. This is a, it was not a very popular post. So Cass probably didn't see this one. This is a person who titled their post worst slump of my life. And they start off saying something that, you know, a lot of us have experienced about having a bad act where it feels like they're just deranking and they can't play anywhere up to their potential. Um, and then they have this, they have this to say. For the past 10 years, gaming has been my free space where I get away from everyday stress, but the way I'm currently playing makes me feel genuinely depressed. My mental is usually really good when playing, but after so many games where I feel like I have no contribution towards winning, it's gone completely down the gutter. Two bad rounds and my mental is completely ruined. Just earlier today, I was sitting with tears in my eyes after yet another horrible game, which feels so embarrassing to say. How the hell do I fix this shit? So let me be very clear. You know, I think it's people lose perspective on this game very easily and treat it as way more serious than just a fun pastime experience. You know, if you're crying because you're playing bad in Valorant and continuing to sad queue, like, man, that is, that is awful. Like, don't do that. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that I've appreciated about this act is just having fun with Chase and Cass because as frustrated I am, with playing Sova, it's it's still fun to play with the homies, and that, I think that's a good mentality to have. So you know, keep that keep that, guys. Don't don't let Valorant become something you cry over. Yeah, or not even cry, just like rage over. I mean, that's always the thing with video games. But yeah, I always like I I like to remind myself that like, hey, this is supposed to be fun, and I'm doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you lose like a really close game. And you're like really pissed off that, you know, your teammate didn't clutch out that last OT round. Um, I have to then remind myself like, hey, I just had fun for the last hour. Like that was really close and it got me like going. Like that's the experience that I'm looking for. And Mm -hmm. I don't need to be pissed other than like these two seconds. Like I'm pissed right now, but like let's then be like, okay, perspective. That was a fun game. We, this is that's why I play the game for fun games like that, whether or not we win or lose them. Yeah, but I'm trying to go pro. Yeah, okay, but none of us are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I like, I don't, know, and I feel like Chase gets tilted a lot more than I do in multiple aspects. Uh, like we, Chase and I went disc golfing the other day. Um, oh yeah, I go on tilt easy. Oh yeah, fracked it. I started off that round like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, and he started uh, playing well, and I, yeah. I started having a really bad game where I had like a bunch of really unfortunate kicks, and I just got on on tilt. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and my game just goes downhill. Yeah, and I find that like I don't like I I just don't get tilted as easy with it because it's like, hey, I'm out here to play a game, and like obviously it's frustrating, especially when I like, like I'm picking a jet who is supposed to be more dominant and like you're supposed to be at the top of the scoreboard and i'm just not having a good game like obviously that's frustrating in the moment but like the reason i play the game is because i enjoy it and so i feel like i i just like don't get tilted as easily and i don't have any good words of wisdom to try and prescribe that to anybody else but like i don't know i feel like that's just kind of the mentality you got to take to it like uh, I'm here to have fun. It is what it is. Some games I'm going to do well. Some games I'm going to do bad. And you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is your mental, like, outside of the game as well. Like, you know, I get very worked up in 
like the context of a round or of a game. But then at the end of the game, I, I you know, can zoom back out and have my perspective and be like, okay, well, you know, it, some fun was had despite it being a bad game. Let's go to the next one. And I think that's the important thing. Just, you know, don't feel bad about being emotional in the game, but just don't let it affect outside the game. Just the thought of this guy sitting yeah, there yeah, wiping that. tears away from his eyes after a, a video game round. It's just like, oh my goodness. I mean, I would argue that that's just hyperbole. I mean, but I don't like, think it is. Uh, I, think, yeah. I, I think that it's a literal situation. The way happens. he said it in the post, it seemed pretty literal. Yeah, yeah. but like, yeah. I think I can definitely see how it gets there. As the person that gets on tilt a, a lot, um, like, it's hard to, like, recognize or to be like, I still had fun in that. But I think that that's, yeah. like, just actively trying to remind myself of that is is kind of the best that you can do with it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, after that disc golf round where I'm like, okay, but, like, you know, we were out here. It was sunny. It was a nice day. It was fun to walk around for, for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that that's fun. But, obviously, I'm I'm just hyper-competitive in my personality, and I can't really change that. So, like, I don't think that, you know, anyone listening that's the same personality is going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard this. Now I'm fixed. You know, I'm just going to have fun only in Valorant. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that, that's not going to happen. So, um, like, if you're just hyper competitive like that, you just hate losing more than anything else. Like, I can't fathom being worse than anybody else at anything. Like, that is the worst thing to me. And then I have a really shit time. Um, but then after that time, I have to be like, Okay, but did I actually? No. Like, I had a pretty good time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just trying to remind yourself of that and not letting it affect other things. Yeah. Wise words. Okay. On that, we'll drink with you later.